hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on it so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com drink. That's rosettastone.com drink. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocDoc. ZocDoc is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc. And the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc.com slash drink. Uh, hi, Christine. Welcome to my humble troll hole on the go abode. <laughs> You're a troll on the go? Yeah, well, that's a Shark Tank product if I ever heard one. <laughs> well, um, my forget poopery. We've got a troll hole on the go. <laughs> I'm, I'm really what it is is I'm in my stepbrother's closet, oh. and <laughs> whoa, that's weird. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's not what I was expecting. And he's been very kind to um, leave. I think I woke him up and I went. You're gonna have to wake up and go somewhere else. <laughs> so, um, so thank you to Brendan. What, what's happening with the did you put that sheet up i did this was from last time i was yeah. i'm trying to keep a consistent mom's house background which I is see, I, I it's very familiar that tie-dye yeah yeah it's my bed sheet from seventh grade so. oh <laughs> look how much use it's getting i know hey you know i i always knew it was meant for something is so. that like a pbt situation it was or? pbt i knew it <laughs> I PBT. used to just circle all the PBT stuff. I don't think I. Oh, my mom once bought me. She she finally caved and bought me a quilt from there that I still have. Um, 
and I still have my blanket. See, every I don't understand. It's like a prized possession. Why were parents so against PBT when, like, well, clearly in our... Well, it's expensive as shit, dude. Yeah, but if you girl math it, and we're still using it in our 30s, it was, yeah. like, a buck fifty. But if you're you know? a single mom who can't <laughs> afford anything for breakfast but cereal, the generic kind, then, yeah, you know, I guess a quilt is expensive. Okay, mom? I get it. Jesus. But it, it, it evened out, so... I don't know what we were complaining about. You know? Yeah, I still have that quilt. I wore her down, which yeah. is not. A, I guess I was proud of it a moment ago. Now I'm not proud of it anymore when I say it out loud in that context. I'm still proud of mine. So, you know, what? we could, again, break even. Um, fantastic. Fantastic. How are you, Christine? I feel like I haven't talked to you in a million years, but I know that's not true. But when was well, the last it time is we true. Because, like, we were supposed to record multiple days and then we just kept putting it off. Um, yeah. Not Maybe putting I- it off, but, like, stuff kept coming up. I feel like I got my hopes up that I was going to see you like three times in a row. So now this time Yeah, but feels... then you're the one playing the tease because you're the one that said, oh, I can't record, you know? So it's like, man, you uh-huh. really got my hopes up. That's very it's... nice of you to say. I like being missed, but... Uh, <laughs> I... <laughs> well, you're forcing my hand by saying, let's record. Oh, never mind. And I'm like, oh, okay, never mind. Well... Anyway, I I don't know I don't know what to say to that except sorry. But uh, other than that, <laughs> you don't have to say anything. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here. I almost was like, we're not even going to record today. I bet. I just had a feeling. I was like, I don't know. I feel like three. We had three recordings planned. I think for this week or two or three, and it's Friday right before Christmas. And I was like, I mean, if any day to to bail on recording, it's the Friday before Christmas. But I know. Well, oh well, we no, made it. I'm so proud. We made it. What are you drinking, Christine? <sighs> Um, I'm drinking my little THC seltzer. Isn't that fun? You are having a real moment with your THC I, stuff. I am because I'm I'm really trying to cut back on the drinking during the holidays. I mean, I'm still drinking. Don't worry, everyone. But, you know, I'm trying to find other ways to just uh, take the edge off, you know. Um, and since I can't do it in a healthy way, like my therapist suggests, then I just do it with substances. So I don't know what else to say. That's just the honest truth. Um, I am drinking, well, I, okay, so I went to my mom's, um, clo- not closet, what do you call them, garages, I you went to, to her stop garage. going in people's closets, it's like an invasion <laughs> of everyone's privacy. You know what, it was, the, a lot of these closets were mine before a whole other family moved in, leave me alone, so. You spent enough time in the closet, you don't need to go back, okay? That's a good argument, yeah. Yeah. Um, I if thought. All of these closets were mine. <laughs> That's also a good argument, I guess. It's like, well, we got one of my step-siblings there, like, they have grown up here since they were nine but anytime they like try to act like they like run the show and i'm just like a guest here i'm like let's be clear i lived here for like 20 years before you were even born so like relax yeah. like shut that, up that, i would be like totally thrown by that it's like when my brother moved into my old bedroom and turned it into his office and we're not allowed to call it my my room anymore and i'm like <laughs> well it's my bedroom and he's like no it's my office and i'm like okay i don't like this game yeah relax it's come on like anyway so uh I like to assert dominance wherever I can, which is why I've decided this closet has to be my kingdom now. This is mine now. (laughs) Um, By the way, the room that I'm in, my stepbrother's room, Mm -hmm. it was, before it was my stepbrother's room, it was the new and improved kids club. No, it wasn't. I knew it. Okay. So please, like, again, again, this was my fucking domain. Relax, Brendan, you know? Yeah, did he pass the test? Because I tried to take the test and I fucking failed. (laughs) You know what? Of all the people who would, very few would pass a test. I think considering we've looked back now and the kids club test was just a math test, he would pass it. Yeah, Um, by the way, uh, folks, if you're not on Patreon, we did an after hours (laughs) where M like revealed the binder of the folder of um, kids club 
documents, uh, documents, documents. Thank you. Thank you. Portfolio, um, the ephemera, if you will. And one of the sheets of paper was indeed the test. Well, there was a song. It was a whole thing. Um, but I took the test and um, I failed the test because it's a literal algebra. It's like a fucking algebra test. And yeah. I was like, why? So you passed this around. Anyway, so if you want to witness that, it's on Patreon. But it was probably the hardest I've left in a very long time. Um, <laughs> it was the most so, embarrassed I've been in my life. You were so embarrassed, but I'm over here like, how do you expect me to carry the two <laughs> <laughs> like on a I don't know I, I feel like you and I were both just out of sorts but uh I, it was a delightful a, time I had a whole list of um like rules that you had yeah. to follow oh, god and after all these really strict rules about like that were like really like military rules it was um, intense and they the, were like kind of rude too by the way <laughs> and the, the very last one was have fun <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's right it was like clean up after yourself don't make a mess like you can't touch anything unless we tell you to or unless i tell you to most importantly have fun it's like everybody's terrified now but sure em i feel like i'm actually gonna like pee my pants i like, so, like i can't tell if it's out of shame or laughter but um yeah it was really it was embarrassing it said a lot about who i was as a child and again i was trying to assert dominance so there's yeah, a real pattern again, we, we've we've delved into a little bit of the psychology there of like you and i both had this kind of like bossy streak which i think yes. probably came about when the parents got divorced and you know we're trying to like assert some control over people I just, and we were trying to control things where we could our environment yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 so you know we've all been there i mean by we all i mean you and i i don't know just about you and else. me yeah just me um, and you <laughs> Uh, okay, so anyway, all of that, I went to my mom's garage, and I was expecting to get me a D-Peppy, but all she had was Cherry Coke, which is essentially the same thing. I love a Cherry Coke, though. I love that's a, a good Coke. choice. That's a good um, choice. So that's what I'm drinking today. Oh, wait, this is a... a this is, oh, I thought it was cherry. It's not. Hmm. What flavor is it? Black currant. <laughs> they feel the same to me. They seem the same. I think it's um, the same. What are you drinking for? Why do you drink this week? Oh, gosh. Well, um, I don't know. I feel like bad complaining to you because you have been traveling and been in, under a lot of Complain. stress. Okay. I don't know. I don't even have anything real except that I'm just so overwhelmed by life and baby and she's, you know, just having a growth spurt or something and we're just all very overwhelmed. And yesterday she coughed so much that she threw up in her bed and I'm Oof. like, I just am. I'm just wow i'm just i'm just tired and i'm behind on my life everything so really you know, on everything you f to feel behind just so you know to everybody else you look beyond on top of it oh that's really very nice thank you i um i did shower this week so that is a plus thank you and i have you know you know we you told me this once so i'm usually i would never admit this but i feel like you and i've talked about this like sometimes with the adhd you 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 neglect like some of the basics you know and by it's, sometimes you mean every second of every day yeah yeah so like you taught me that so i feel like so out of sorts and it's not helping because i'm like I just like don't I've been bad about brushing my teeth I've been bad about like washing my hair I've been bad about I just like everything feels like it just fall I just feel mm -hmm. like a little bit out of well, my mind that's all one of the other consistent things that I deal with with ADHD which is a another um this is I think a universal experience with ADHD especially the worse your ADHD is you probably experience this but the consistent underlying shame of like never it's just it's just underlying shame constantly that you're just not keeping up in the ways that quote normal people well, can. Well, isn't that? I feel like that's also a very millennial hashtag mm -hmm. millennial thing because 
I mean, I don't know. They've done so much. I've I've read so many articles about this where it's like we were raised in this kind of environment of like work hard and you'll like achieve your goals. And like it was always just like, you know, just work, 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 work. And I feel like that really got into our our heads a lot of the time. So it's it can be hard to to remember that that's not necessarily always the priority. Mm hmm. Yeah. But you can at least um, g- give yourself a, a pat on the back, a gentle pat that uh, if you're struggling with self-care tasks, there's something making that happen for you. So Yeah, just say Christine's not brushing her teeth either, okay? So, you know what? <laughs> and it's fine. And there's a dentist that lives across, not lives across the street. I don't know where she lives at. But just, okay, sorry. Well- <laughs> sorry, I don't know where you live. But there's a dentist, like, uh, in my oh, neighborhood, yeah. the office. Okay. And... um. <laughs> Actually, I do know where the other the the retired dentist lives because he has uh, a license plate that says something about his about pearly whites. Oh. So anyway, so he he roams around the neighborhood. Um, but the dentist in my neighborhood, I'm like every time I walk past with walking Geo, I'm like, oh god, I know I should go to the fucking dentist, but like, I should probably brush my teeth first. Anyway, it's I just a constant reminder. But, no, uh, it's 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 it sucks, but uh. I'm, I haven't come up with a name yet, but I want to name my ADHD so that way I can just blame things on her. Oh, that. Oh, well, did you have a um, an imaginary friend? Because I could just say Alice did it. I didn't have an imaginary friend. Really? Even as a sing- an only child? I almost said a single child. Um, <laughs> as a single child, yeah, I didn't have any imaginary friends. I, I, But I also, I never got to have a drunk persona, so I feel like I want to give her... They both have the same energy to me. Like a, Sure, sure. Uh, so I I need to come up with a name for her, but every now and then I'm like, man, that that fucking guy. Like, I just want to wash my hair, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, and 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 they're just forcing me to watch Call the Midwife again. Yeah, yeah. Damn yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> Damn it, well, Alice. I'm, <laughs> well, I'm sorry you feel um overwhelmed. I also like no one as especially as a mom of a toddler you will never earn shame from anybody about that like well, i think I, I, overwhelm I pre- is part of the process yeah it definitely feels like it comes with the territory and um you know everyone out there we're recording this december 22nd i know it doesn't come out for a few weeks but you know i feel like i've met a lot of people recently who are like hey i'm really struggling to get shit done and survive the holidays and i'm like mm-hmm. you know what i know it's already allegedly past the holidays by the time this comes out but you're doing great okay you're doing your best you got out of bed or even if you didn't get out of bed yeah you're breathing you're breathing you're breathing have a sip of water as em says what's the thing say the thing oh 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 uh drink some water you thirsty little rats look at this fucking giant thing your hydro jug i still have mine too hydro jug yeah i like how I'm chugging soda when I say drink some water, but whatever. Usually I'm the one drinking coffee, so you know what? It's fine. Anyway, uh, and that's why you drink. And Yeah, why, why do you drink? I don't know why I drink, but I also feel a weird underlying overwhelm. And I don't really, I mean, I have a lot of reasons for what it could be, but. Not to be like a crazy person or, you know, just be totally off the wall. Woohoo, but. Uh, oh, here we go. You, I feel like sometimes I know 
And I don't know if it's just picking up on cues of like your communication style. I know I've been sucking ass at no, getting back no, to no. You. That's not what I mean. That's not what I mean. Oh, I just oh. feel like sometimes I can tell there's like a just like a a stress a stress there because I feel like sometimes when you and I don't respond to each other for a while, which happens all the time, and me too. But it'll be like, oh well, I like someone's in town. You're having a good time. You're having fun. I feel like I've just gotten the sense this past week, like Emma's like just mm-hmm. frazzled yeah that's and the so truth it, and i don't know if i was just projecting but have uh, my eyes just been twitching a little more every well, now and i then? haven't seen you at all <laughs> first of all but secondly i just got the sense i was like i just feel like with the tr- the stress you had leading up to the travel and then the radio silence i was like uh-oh i'm so little overwhelmed i i've been going through it and also there was a whole time period i feel really bad about where like i i did go full radio silence and uh, the first half of it was psychological, and then the second half was physical. I was in a place with terrible reception. Mm. I just uh, combined. It looked really bad, but also no, you're you were still picking up on the right things that I am just. I don't know. I feel like there's a million things I want to give a hundred percent to, and I can only give like ten percent to each. Yeah, that's and then I get, kind of that's a great way to put it. Yeah, yeah. I just feel really like I'm letting. Not letting everyone down because no one's really expecting too much of me right now. But if someone were expecting something of me, I like can't. Do you know what it feels it? like? Sort of. It's like you can't really check anything off your list because you're yeah. like sort of handling multiple yes. things, but you're not really like completing or giving your all to like yeah. in priority mode. Yeah. I feel like it's just a lot, a big to do list. And we haven't got the satisfaction of being able to like cross things off it yet. Every everything feels half done and I feel stunted to be able to complete anything. So yeah. it just Yeah, no, you're picking up on the right things. Um and I I I think maybe after Christmas half the issues will go away. Like maybe I'm just worried about people's presence and things getting here on time and did I forget anybody and like general holiday stuff, mm-hmm, but it feels mm-hmm. worse right now and I don't know why. Um and obviously, I haven't even begun thinking about our tour, but me, I'm sure. Me neither. Like, that isn't, maybe it's subconscious, but, like, I have not even, my brain hasn't even gone there, which, like, yeah. <laughs> wait till it finds out yeah. about that. Oh, my <laughs> God. It's going to be a doozy. My brain is kind of like that little meme of the dog sitting at the table and yeah. everything's on fire. And it's like, I my brain knows, like, I need to pay attention to the fire soon, but. Your, your brain's like, it's getting toasty in here. That's weird. <laughs> it's getting warm, but we'll talk about it later. Um, yeah, I just, and everything feels off like i i you know what i'm upset about too let's be is that back in like october or november or something i got really stressed about something i don't even remember what it was at this point i got really overwhelmed and i was like you know what i have been doing a lot and i think i just deserve one m's day of fun Mm -hmm. and i said i'm gonna have a day of fun i'm gonna do this 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 this, and this and this and then I had to keep pushing the day of fun and I still haven't had my day of fun and now it's no. almost New Year. And so I'm well, just, I need to have my day of fun. A, this is a day of fun. Talking to me in your stepbrother's closet. <laughs> that is, you know, the dream. But uh, <laughs> no, I want a day where I, I already have it all planned out. I already know what I'm going to eat that day. Oh, I know what geez. I'm going to watch on TV that day. I'm going to play Star Tenders. Like I got a whole day figured out and I just haven't found I, I don't like that I have to schedule my fun. So anyway, I. Yeah, that's being an adult, by the way, because yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't I get to schedule my fun, but it's very, you know, sporadic. Um, have you had a deadline? <laughs> have you had any fun recently or do you just feel like it's 
overwhelm and before that goes away there's more overwhelm and before that uh, goes you away know, there's more it feels like i get little waves of like i mean we're having fun like i'm happy i'm lucky we're we're doing well everything's okay we're we're all alive and you know healthy enough but it's just like you know i'll i'll be going out i'll get invited to drinks with my stepmom or something and then it's like oh that'll be fun but then it's just like shit now i need to do stuff before that Mm -hmm. and I need to find someone to babysit like it just feels like even the fun stuff is like kind of a chore or like a Mm -hmm. like it just adds to the stress even though it's supposed to be like a relaxing thing like it has pre-chores yeah and even like we went to the zoo yesterday for festival of lights which was really fun and oh I got recognized um fun as I was leaving which was very sweet uh but I I was it was just crazy and then as my mom was leaving there was like a shooting in the parking lot because like holy shit guy jumped out of the car and started screaming about the traffic being backed up like it was it just feels like anything that we do that's fun also has like its own edge of stress built into it you know and maybe that's just the holidays maybe it's like or maybe that's also like just being in the year of 2023 maybe there's no even on your relaxing days, you don't get to relax because you have to be right. on high alert constantly. So there's always internet, so you're always finding out the bad news. There's always like there's always something that maybe it's is just like, burnout, man. Maybe, maybe it's just, just our lives. Maybe yeah. it's just the world, man. That's <laughs> why I'm gonna I'm gonna open this fucking THC soda because it's killing me that I haven't opened it yet. Do it. Um, can you say let's crack into it? Let's crack into it. By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant cushions with easy assembly and disassembly this is the perfect thing for your outdoor space they also just launched a new standing desk co-pilot with adjustable height a durable scratch resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever i'm in the market for a new desk um, so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark and of course there's burrow's legacy seating collections like the nomad and range now available in new colors and m and i that's like the only piece of furniture i think we actually share is our burrow sofa in the podcast department love that thing and that's why we drink listeners can get 15% off their first order at burrow.com slash drink. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W.com slash drink for 15% off. Burrow.com slash drink. Daylight saving time is starting up again. It may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates any sooner. There's only one way to do that. ZipRecruiter. Right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100-plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why 4 out of 5 employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.
Christine, my story for you, she's a shorty, but she's a goodie. Mm. And I thought maybe you're not stressed enough. So <laughs> Okay. You know what? You also <laughs> read the cues correctly. Good job. <laughs> so with that, uh, let's talk about an exorcism. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Okay. So this is the exorcism of Clarita Villanueva. Mm. Now, this story... Uh, Sersha also definitely wants me to note that this is a very difficult story to note what really happens. There's a lot of versions to it. It's basically I the see. worst version of telephone ever. Um, and so I'm going to try to give you the straightest version to this, um, but it seems like there's a lot of plot points missing. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. Okay. So anyway, the notes mostly come from a Filipino writer named Ian Spike, who uh seems the most uh committed and has the most vested interest in trying to tell an authentic version of the story okay so thank you ian and the notes also mention a minister named lester sumrall who does not seem to be a very reliable source but (laughs) so no thank you lester got it so yeah um it, it seems like uh I don't know. We'll find we'll find out how as Lester comes along in the story. So okay, in 1935, Clarita Villanueva was born in the Philippines and had a mother, four brothers, lived in poverty, especially and had an especially hard life during World War II, because that was when Japan occupied a municipality mm. of the Philippines, and their headquarters was right where uh, Clarita's mom worked. Wow. Um. So there was a lot of like occupation movements and all that. Hmm. Clarita's mom worked as a fortune teller, fun fact. Oh! And so, interesting that of all the kids in the world to need an exorcism, it'd be someone connected to spiritualism. It's sort of like, oh, that's a, that's a good, that's good. But then also like, well, maybe that's why. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Never mind. It's like, if this were an urban legend, you could see very quickly what the, like, where the, where there's connections to things. Correct. Right. Exactly. So sometime after the war, uh, Clarita's mom died and her brothers abandoned her. And that's all we have of that drama. Like, like I just Clarita's brothers abandoned her? Abandoned her. Oh, fuck. I'm like, that is its own story. I'd like what to know. What the hell? Um, like, what did she do? Or were they just assholes? They're, I mean, I want to know, you know? It sounds like they're assholes. I'm just going to call it. Fair. Uh, it said that this is when she began quote sex work to survive although let's remember she's a child so oh no it's not really um sex work if it is a whole ass child having right and you can't consent anyway right exactly um there's no the good part of this is that there's no real evidence to this part of the story it's just okay added into the story these days so we can hope that maybe that wasn't really the case right right (laughs) um it seems like the best we can hope for is that the storyteller wanted to make her life seem even more tragic. And so they were like, oh, and let's add Congratulations. sex work to this. Yeah, you did um, it. <laughs> so in 1950. What's that Lester who did that? Yeah, it sounds asking. like that's a Lester move it's for such sure. such a Lester move. I just want to make sure. Okay. In 1950, she's now 12. So let's keep in mind that her quote sex Jeez. work was pre-12. Yeah. Yikes. Bad, bad, bad. 
1950, at 12 years old, she has now traveled hundreds of miles to Manila uh, in search of her father, hoping that maybe he would want to know her. That is literally the saddest oh, thing I've oh, ever said in my life. At age 12? That's so sad. That's fucking horrible. Finding him was obviously more difficult than she imagined. I, I feel like at 12 years old, you just go up to a person and say, do you know my dad? And I mean, that's what the books say, right? Are you my mom? Are you my dad? That's right. like all you... Yeah. So... She ends up not being able to find him, and as time went on, she took up work as a maid. Okay. Um, at one point, she was with a guy who seemed pretty serious, um, and they planned on getting married. Uh, this is not when she's twelve, by the way; she's gotten older. Um, they were supposed to get—they were supposed to be engaged, and then she found out he was already married. Again, <gasps> I need the storyline. Oh no! She becomes a dance hostess, and uh. I think a, a dance hostess is like a go-go dancer. Okay. Um, and this is where multiple versions of the story really start splitting off. I see. Um, version one, there's many. I'm just going off of the two main ones that people hear. But one of the versions is that it, at 17, she went to see a movie on her own. And then when walking home alone, the police profiled her as a sex worker and arrested her. Oh, God. So many problems in that sentence. Yep. Um, another version is that Clarita lost her job after she ended the relationship with the married guy and then became homeless and was arrested for being a vagrant. Oh, great. Okay. So either way, to me... She fell on hard times or... Something. Unfairly arrested just yeah. by, by looks. Can you imagine? Right, right, right. right. Um, whatever version is true, she ends up being sent to what is now Manila City Jail. At the time, it was called the Old... Billabid prison mm -hmm. um in 1953 this is when clarita gets there and it was notoriously overcrowded had outdated facilities and poor hygiene measures in this prison right when she arrived she suffered some sort of strange incident and this is the beginning of the potential supernatural spin to this story okay okay i see Let's just put the PSA now out now that I am aware that this story could very easily just be written into a psychology textbook on mental mm, health. Okay. Okay. Good caveat. Um, yeah. Uh, but for the supernatural spin, she gets to jail. She suffers an incident where witnesses say she just starts screaming for no reason and then collapses. Oh. When she comes to, she said that she had been attacked by two men. But this was the woman's ward of the jail, and no guards had been present during the incident. And this is when the story very quickly turns into these attackers being entities. Okay, okay. Which, honestly, I don't know which is uh, worse. Probably if like there were two men who snuck into the woman's ward, and they just got away with it because now we're blaming ghosts. But... Okay. right yeah it's hard to say i mean none of it's good as we none say it's, it's all good. bad it's all bad that's what we should have called this podcast it's all bad I, we say it all the time and i'm like <laughs> we, that really would have been a good name it's all bad maybe that can be the spinoff and that's why you drink colon it's all bad you should have a wine glass that says this is because it's all bad <laughs> <laughs> i drink because it's all bad it's all bad um so anyway she gets attacked by what are now deemed entities because all men have been written off from potential suspects sure still clarita swears that she was attacked one of the beings was a very tall male 
Uh-oh. with dark skin, dark hair, uh, uh, dark hair covering pretty much all of his body. Oh. And long fangs. Oh. The other person was much smaller, only three feet maximum. Oh. With cherub features. Can you imagine a little cherub attacking okay. you? Isn't these, aren't these the guys from Hercules? Oh. <laughs> um, I, uh, I could see where you're maybe getting that, but are you, you mean Pain and Panic? Yes, that's their names. I forgot their names. So Pain and Panic are green and purple and okay. have no hair on their bodies. Okay, well, they're, okay. Well, and they're, they're demons, both three feet tall. And they have fangs, whatever. Okay, that's go true. ahead. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just figure one's really skinny, one's really, like, chunky. They're just kind of, like... I think the cherub one that, the cherub one you're thinking of is baby Hercules who was Okay, with them. that's maybe where I'm getting a little mixed up. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the the horse with wings. Oh wait, no, that's Pegasus. He's a good one. Okay. Also, could you imagine though like what in my mind looks like baby Hercules attacking you? Oh my god. Um <laughs> I mean no, I can't. <laughs> so the second one was 3 feet tall with cherub features, also white hair, a mustache, and Ooh. no t- no fangs. No fangs. No fangs. So, oh, fuck, I was supposed to look up how to pronounce these, and I forgot to. Um, the first figure, the tall, hairy one with fangs, he is similar to the Filipino folklore creature called the Capre. Okay. Capra? K-A-P-R-E. Capra? Mm-hmm. Um, and that creature is somewhat of a tree spirit, but before... Uh, it's known as a tree spirit, but that was also before um, Spanish colonizers kind of perverted... Mm. folklore that existed before them um they ended up creating these caricatures of darker skinned indigenous people and enslaved african people in the philippines right and uh so the capra 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 i feel really bad i don't know it um it's was originally a troublemaker who liked simple pranks like moving household items. They were very protective of herd animals and uh, they were very peaceful unless their tree or their homes were cut down. Okay. Um, and then they became more vilified in racial politics and their stories mm. ended up including pranks like abducting women and cannibalism. Oh, great. Um, so even its name has roots in words used by the colonizers to describe enslaved African people and indigenous people with darker skin. Right. Um, so, yikes. Uh, originally, though, they sounded pretty charming. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not so And bad. again, the same writer I talked about earlier named Ian Spike, who we're getting a lot of our notes from, said that in essence, this being was an extreme corruption of indigenous Filipinos image that served as our own boogeyman so oh okay but the first being she's describing happens to be this one that now is known now is like evil in some way so the second creature who was smaller with the cherub features and the mustache and the mustache (laughs) and is not hercules or pain or panic okay uh this one might be compared to another folklore creature called the duende uh which is an which is an old man with white hair and a small child-sized body, and they're closely linked to the earth, and they're offended when folks walk on their home. I would also be offended if someone was walking on my home, so... I get it. Um, Duendes can both curse people to make them sick to a point of insanity. Oh. Casual. 
No, but not good. also, they uh, can be extremely kind and bring good fortune if they like you. So, well, that seems like unfair because you know, just pick one lane. You know, I'm like, how am I supposed to know? Do Wendy's feel like that one friend we all have who's like um, problematic, where you can't even defend them anymore, but right. you want them on your side when you go through some trouble? You know, fair point, fair point, fair point. We've all got one where it's like, oh, I can't, I can't back any of their behavior. But also, like, if we end up like with a dead body near us, you want her in the situation yeah, like, because finally, she'll it's figure her it time out. Time to shine. <laughs> So um, anyway, that's the the energy I'm getting from Duendes. If a person gets sick, especially having a fever or they're bloating and medical treatment doesn't work, they say that the person might be cursed by a Duende. So mm. I like how it's a fever or bloating, which like I have both of those all the time. All so, like, the time. Uh-oh. They'll need to seek help from a healer uh, who has expertise in herbal medicine and supernatural afflictions, which... You know, in the Western world, I really wish there were more of those. Mm -hmm. uh, the same writer, Ian Spike, says that Western monotheistic religious cultures have introduced the concept of evil, invasive, demonic possessions to the Philippines culture, when I guess that wasn't really a thing before. So, right. Um, and after the first attack, Clarita began battling with these figures every day. So, oh, boy. So we can once again thank ourselves for creating the idealization of, or not idealization, but the vilification, the vilification of these beings. And yeah. now they have been deemed demons in some way. Yeah. I mean, we're literally demonizing them, like vilifying yeah, yeah. them. Yeah, exactly. So this is uh, one of the stories where we get to thank white people. Um, Finally. <laughs> It's about time they get their their due, you know? Yeah. Well, I don't... Uh, yeah. We're certainly... Somewhere in there, we're to blame, for sure. Oh, I'm not um, surprised. <laughs> after the first attack, she's now battling with these figures every day, who we have now demonized, of course. Um, although they were two separate entities, and they seemed to be in cahoots with each other, and they were these separate beings, they right. collectively became known as The Thing. <gasps> Yeesh. Ooh. So Clarita would suffer fits of agony where she would convulse on the floor and scream, cry, and violently fight these invisible opponents, or the oh. thing. She would allegedly see them when no one else could, and she would enter trance-like states for long periods of time before going into convulsions. Oh, no. I am very aware of the uh, similarities to epilepsy, by the way, everybody. Sure, yeah. True. Um, but, nope, they are demons, obviously obviously so uh this one's wild this i even wrote ew here <gasps> okay one of the things that would happen to her with the thing is that she sometimes started laughing uncontrollably because she said that the attackers were tickling her <gasps> i call that a firm goddamn pass oh that... <sighs> wow nope. I... thank you See, there's nothing that makes me more mad. Like, instantaneously, like, the thought of someone Fury. tickling me, I'm like, I'm thinking about you tickling me, and I'm already so mad at you. Fury. Like, oh, my God. And By to the know way, that, we're not oh. tickling anymore, folks. That's, it's, you know, it's, it's not consensual. It's not, it, unless, like, sometimes Leona says, tickle my belly. And I'm like, okay. And I'll like, that's very precious. But that's, or tickle my footsies, she says. But that's oh. it. Don't, like, you know, when kids... <laughs> Yeah, they're laughing, but it's like an involuntary reaction. It's 
it's not good. Don't don't tickle unless you know they're they're into it. Okay. You know what I heard about tickling? I don't know if this is real or not, but it makes kind of sense to me. Um, is that the parts that is that the reason we tickle or the reason why um tickling exists is because it's to practice or back you know forever ago, it was to help our kids practice to go into the fetal position if they were in danger because what? you would like tickle like the armpits or the belly or behind the and knees you... or the feet or the things that like you curl up on curl and up. it was it was to practice tensing up and protecting your most like sensitive spots well, it is a sensitive spots yeah that's really interesting yeah huh. i don't know if that's real but it makes sense it's like anthropologists weigh in on this one because i'm very curious honestly yeah but it was supposed to, I guess, teach you to get into the fetal position when you're in danger. And so I mean, that's fascinating. Yeah. I again, I don't know, but I'm I'm rolling with it. So let's roll with it. Um. Anyway, so these things were now tickling her, and when they're invisible and demons, I guess you can't tighten up and they go away. So I don't know what to tell you. Um. She also began to destroy religious imagery. Uh-oh. So she couldn't stand this religious statue in her cell, and so she destroyed it, as an example. Um, when guards would see these attacks happening to her, or these incidents happening to her, they reported seeing human-like bite marks appear on her, <gasps> and they believed it was a spiritual assault. Oh, no. Not only did the bite marks appear before their eyes, this part I can't explain. This is kind of crazy. Not only did the bite marks appear before their eyes, but there were also parts of Clarita. They were on parts of Clarita that she couldn't have possibly reached on her own. Oh, no. So they're like on the back of her neck. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not good. It's certainly not good because if the rest of this is epilepsy, someone else is biting her and getting away with it. Something bad. Right. Something bad is happening either way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Clarita was now getting worse. She told her cellmates that the thing was going to kill her, and eventually her story hit the papers. It drew international interest. The mayor of Manila didn't believe it and thought that it would cast a negative or superstitious light on the city, and so tried to kind of avoid bringing up the story even further than it needed to go. Okay. By the way, complete sidebar, but I said the word mayor, and now I have to tell you. Okay. There's a new mayor in Burbank, my <gasps> my hometown. Who is it? Mayor Schultz. I'm not kidding. There is a mayor, and his name is Mayor Schultz, oh and he God. is the mayor of Burbank. I literally thought it was you, and I was like, I can't do this. I'm, I'm sorry. Okay, Christine. I've literally, I have. Okay, I told I told Allison this a long time ago, uh, and I, I still believe it to my very core that I could be a mayor. I, I couldn't know be. You f- do. I know you do. I know this is part of your internal monologue with your dialogue with yourself. I know that about you, just inherently. In the long in the long con, I couldn't go further than mayor. That's too much. But of course. But all I want to do is end up in a small little cobblestone water town where everyone knows each other's name and I want to be the mayor. And instead you're in Greater Los Angeles. <laughs> but okay, but there's already a Mayor Schultz in Burbank, which means that like it's been done before. You know, like that's a sign to me. This is where um, people start to see that I also am mentally ill. But like that, you're like, oh well, they 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 ran, so I could also run. It's clearly possible that a Burbank <laughs> could have a Mayor Schultz, and you know what would happen if I were the next Mayor Schultz? I don't want to know. I would become sister cities with Idlewild or whatever it's called, where they have Mayor Max, the Golden Retriever. Oh right. 
And the two of us would have mayoral floats together. And mayoral we would just float. We would go to the coffee shop. We'd discuss city politics. You know, it'd be oh a God. good time. Anyway, so vote for me, Mayor Schultz, in the upcoming election. Um, that is pretty bananas. Um, I Did you vote for Mayor Schultz? No, I found out on Instagram. They were like, what? welcome, Mayor Schultz. And I was like, what? And so um, let's just put it this way. Okay, so here's the situation. Okay. He, sp- he spells it with a T. Ugh. Oh, well, so it doesn't really count. No offense. T is for trouble, I tell you. That's and exactly so- right. With a capital T, and that rhymes with C, and that stands for... You know that song. <laughs> no! <laughs> what are you With a capital about? T, and that rhymes with P. You got trouble. Right are here you in River okay? City. You got trouble, my friend. Capital T, rhymes with P, that stands for pool. I don't know where did that did you just rap it for me? Did that you do free flow? What was that? Right here in River City, right here in River City with a capital T that rhymes with P and that stands for pool. That stands for pool. It's from the music man. When you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. I don't know. Okay. It's from the music man. No that at all. Well, here's the situation about Mayor Schultz. I told Allison, and Allison, if you're listening, which I know you are, you better do this. Or else I'm going to scream. That's usually my, that's my threat to her I'm usually. I'm scream. I mean, and it's a terrible threat because like we can't. Because I'll we can't do it. Because ha- we can't have that. And we know you'll, you'll follow through. My regular threat is if you don't do this, I'll scream. And a lot of times it's like, I'll scream until you're screaming to not hear my scream any longer. And then we're all in trouble. And then we're all in trouble. Here's the thing, Allison, if you're listening and everybody please weigh in, make sure Allison knows about this. If you need to, I don't know, reach out to her however you can. Thank you. I need a shirt that says Mayor Schultz of Burbank now that that's a thing, but yeah. we're going to have to cross out the T in some way. Well, so, you know I have a cricket machine. I don't know why you're bringing Allison into this. Well, Allison, if you're listening, text Christine. It's possible. I don't know. Yeah, text me. <sighs> we'll, probably won't, we'll probably talk about something else, but. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> i want a mayor schultz shirt so bad i'm like such a monster about this okay anyway. you're a lunatic is what you are but okay sure so the mayor's like i'm not into this ghost thing which like you would be the opposite okay got it i'd be like we have a demon on our hands yeah sure you do we're gonna have to have a panel a, a town hall meeting with zach bagans see and i would be great at being and the dog this is going to be used against me during my election this whole audio i already know and the whole podcast like this audio (laughs) i'm like what do you mean this audio last week we a few weeks ago we talked about like playing weird sex games as children so i think like we're done for in any sort of office capacity you know what my platform would be i may be unstable but i'm just i'm just the average i'm the common man you know sure i'm relatable i i'm honest like all my deepest darkest secrets are on this podcast so you mm. you're not going to find anything else you know no so. skeletons in that closet well actually ex- except for the ones that, that we buy for the tour yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay anyway 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 yes okay so the mayor of manila he's like we're really worried about turning our people into looking like we're a superstitious group i don't this could give us a really bad light so this is now a few days later, Clarita was brought to the city. Oh. Be, like, taken out of jail. By the way, was she still in fucking jail this whole time for well, looking like homeless? It. Jesus so she, Christ. Well, yeah, because she even said, like, yeah, that's terrible. Because she even said, um, like, she was talking, told her cellmate she was getting worse. Yeah. Ugh. This poor girl. Okay, Ugh. so she was brought to the city. And not just any part of the city. Not even, like, town hall. She was brought to the city's morgue. Okay. 
to be evaluated. Like, of all, you couldn't what? take her to just like a hospital? A doctor? Okay. Whatever. She gets taken to the morgue. Doctors, psychiatrists, politicians, and reporters all come out to see one of her attacks. So now she's like, her incidents are being exploited. Oh, boy. In front of everyone, she does suffer another attack, and she was held down. The mayor saw bite marks appear on her finger and her neck. <gasps> uh, Clarita was pricked with pins, which we've talked about before. Oh, God, no, I hate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Used to be a test that if you reacted to the pins, then you... It wasn't an authentic possession. If That's you... just bananagrams, dude, but whatever. But she did not react to the pain, so they thought, okay, a devil must have taken over her body since she doesn't Ooh. feel pain to this. Um, they asked Clarita to draw the thing, but when she was given a pencil, it was ripped out of her hands by an invisible force. Ooh. The second time, they said, okay, draw the thing so we know what it looks like. She ate the paper. <gasps> I can't explain that. Everything I mean, so far has been epilepsy. This part I don't understand. I mean, it could be just mental health stuff, yeah. you know, mental illness. But, totally. But also, it's 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 disturbing. I'm sure it was upsetting to watch. The mayor it's was the, like, I did not sign up for this. Yeah, the mayor was like, I just wanted to sit on a float with a dog, and now here <laughs> I am in the morgue. Right, right exactly. Exactly. You know, you got to call Mayor Max in for things like this, because he'll, right. he'll sniff it out. That yeah. should be his tagline. I'll sniff I'll it out. I'll sniff it out. I mean, I feel like that's probably the tagline of like every childhood book about a dog, but you know, know. It still but works. Do you remember his actual tagline, Mayor Max? Uh, no, actually. What is it? The paw is the law. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good. They don't need to change it. He has a shirt too, by the way. If, if Mayor Max could have a shirt, I need a shirt. That's all I'm saying. Okay, sure. Because you're just as special as the dog who's become mayor. That's right. Em. And he's and I'm I'm not even actually a mayor in here. Yeah, I, we know. But thank you, for, thank you for reminding us. Oh, I'm not even a mayor. Really? That's weird. <laughs> Shut up, Christine. Just let me be. <laughs> Allison, okay. please text me. I'm desperate now. I need somebody to like just. I don't know, relate to this over. If you guys could get me a Mayor Schultz shirt and then get Mayor Max to get somehow be in on this, I'd just lose my mind. Oh, I God. would just. All right. I'll heat oh, up my. the cricket. Ah, okay. 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 Sorry. We're really getting away from like this really sad story. Yeah. Yeah. We are. I'm not trying to be. I'm, I just. I'm not trying to be an asshole. I just also have never gotten to really talk about this too much except for that other time. Okay. <laughs> Shopping for humans is hard, but shopping for your dog is easy thanks to Bark. Every month, they deliver toys and treats just for your pup because they deserve to be spoiled. At Bark, they send your dog a whole new collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. Whether it's their fun plush toys from BarkBox or their ultra-tough toys from Super Chewer, they give your dog exactly what they want. And for a limited time, they'll double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com drink. That's right, you can sign up now at BarkBox.com slash drink for this exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's go back to petting our dogs. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. 
they yeah yeah they pricked her pricked her with pins which by the way if i were even if i were possessed if i saw needles coming at me i'd be like nope i'm awake i'm here yeah i'd be like if i were the demon i'd be like wait just because i'm a demon doesn't mean i want you to poke me with needles right exactly i've never understood this this version of things wait um what mayor max died (gasps) what well in 2022 no he didn't there's Are a Mayor sure? Max. Yeah, his son is oh, also Mayor oh, Max. Oh, it's the three. The oh, third. My oh my god! I'm so sorry. I just like googled him, and it said R.I.P. And I was like, uh oh. Oh my god, Christine. Well, okay. We're okay. I'm just. We're okay. okay. Are you sure? We're okay. The Mayor Are we Max. Positive. Oh my god. Whew. Yeah. Okay. Oh I my apologize. god. No, I I've. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to upset I was like, anybody. I just watched one of his live streams two days ago oh like, okay he's, good 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 so you're he's so he's fine. fine okay great never mind sorry phew <sighs> i'm so sorry for that i didn't mean to upset Sinful. everybody that was I'm fucking so- awful. i'm sorry okay okay i'm taking my name off the ballot Evil. yes i was gonna run against you but now i won't <laughs> i'll give it to you <laughs> okay but wait like can we hold on wait can we both um no can, uh, okay <laughs> I was gonna say, what if we made like a fake ballot and like we just let our like our our uh our audience vote for just either you or me? They'd probably put in write-in candidates for like anybody else. No, we would. We'll each have a platform. Like, what would you do if you were the mayor of? And that's why we drink. You know? Oh, I see. Okay. Like, what would you do? You'd make everyone get drunk. I think you'd win. Actually, I don't want to play anymore. Wait a minute. I don't um, want to play anymore. Yeah, I was like, Christine, you're so competitive. You're such a sore loser. And then the second M creates their own game and decides, never mind. I don't want to lose. I just want to be the mayor somewhere. That's all. That's all. I, okay. Just... Listen, I won't take that from you. I promise. Thank you. Okay. She tries to draw the thing. She eats paper. That's where we left yeah, off. Yeah, 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 yeah. A doctor there believes that she's faking all this. Wow. Yikes. A doctor thinks she's faking it, which like, I guess, but also you couldn't even try the theory that she's ill. Um, Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, is exactly right. Mm. Um, Clarita hears the doctor saying she's faking all this. She turns to him and growls (gasps) that he's going to die. Uh Uh-oh. And the rumor has it. That the next day he had a heart attack and died. Okay, I was gonna say how many days till the heart attack happened? Okay, one. <laughs> Yikes, that is scary. If that's true, that's very frightening. Another employee at the prison who was cruel to Clarita, which holy shit, used to kick her while she was convulsing. What the fuck? Died from a mysterious illness after Clarita growled at him too. Um. Oh. Before he died, though, he said that Clarita asked where his own crucifix was because it had gone missing from him and then <gasps> later she said to check his pockets and it was there so now she's able to like she's chris angel she's david Blaine. <laughs> <laughs> at will she's just removing That's things from you and then putting ass. them in your pants yeah <laughs> um so she at least like royally freaked him out before wishing him death so before growling at him and causing a heart attack yeah rumors spread very quickly that clarita was a witch and she could eventually kill anyone that she wanted um which like i love that the mayor was like i don't want us to look superstitious and now the papers are like she's a fucking witch (laughs) yeah this i feel like this is the what do you call it the streisand effect where it's like well (laughs) let's keep this on the dl and then suddenly it's like wait it's gotten so much worse and everybody knows about it now it's snowballed everywhere oh no um Apparently, though, she and I don't know. 
I don't know wh- where this is when it comes to mental health or spirituality, but at the same time all this was happening, Clarita was also really scared of her possession, which doesn't surprise me because first of all, if you're are, if you're truly possessed, you'd be scared. And if you had a mental illness that no one was taking seriously, I'd, you'd be fucking scared. You'd be scared and even if you thought it was some sort of demonic possession because you didn't yeah. realize it was a mental health thing, that would also be fucking scary. If you're like uncontrollably convulsing and this was at a time when like epilepsy maybe wasn't as as big or as well known. It wasn't as popular back then. Yeah. No, it, <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't as well understood. Yeah. <laughs> but like if 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 the best you've got is demons are inside of you and that's what everyone's rolling with now. And also now the world thinks you're a witch, so now you've got real physical fear to be Now you're in too. danger. Yeah. Oh, and so despite her aversion to religious symbols, someone actually gifted her a rosary, which she would hold during spiritual attacks. So she was trying to cling on literally to religion wherever she could. Um, And medical experts couldn't agree on a diagnosis. Some said that she was having genuine spiritual attacks. Others thought it was, like we said, epilepsy or psychosis. Um, Some suggested that this was all because she was extremely malnourished and dehydrated, um, which would cause the incidents. I don't. I, I could see that being like maybe an additional trigger to to mm, couldn't help probably didn't help yeah sure. Um, the story eventually found its way to Lester Sermall, oh um, an American evangelist pastor. Okay, yes, he evangelized uh, for fifty plus years in nearly one hundred twenty countries, and he basically founded Christian TV. And he oh made the God. very first 24-hour Christian station. How do I not know this guy? What's his name? Lester, Lester Sermal. No, that's Dateline. Sorry, Lester. <laughs> yeah, I it's don't actually know Stone this. Phillips. Um, uh, <laughs> I haven't heard that name in a million years. Uh, Emma, Lester... I, have no, I have no idea who that is. Oh, really? Oh, no. he was like a big... I, I feel like I knew a bunch of moms who had a crush on him. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you're right. Co-anchor of Dateline. Wow, you are in the retro years here. Yeah. I would remember him going, and I'm Stone Phillips. Okay, yeah, now when you say it in that voice, I definitely know. I know Le- I'm Lester Holt. Um, yes. That's usually my go-to. Uh, so Lester Sermall is the guy that we're talking about. Okay. He was evangelizing nearby when he heard about Clarita and decided he was the person to intervene because I bet Jesus told him to do it. I'm sure. I'm sure. He thought if he were successful in exercising her, I love that he didn't even need experience in this. He was just like, oh, I'm going to exercise your demons out. Great. He thought it would be a very convenient tactic to draw people to his new church because he saved the Philippines from from her with Christ. But that mayor is probably having just like all his hairs falling out. He's so stressed. (laughs) He's like, I really was trying to keep this on the DL. And now... I don't know about that because my very next bullet point is he and the mayor agreed that if he helped Clarita, then Lester would get to preach the gospel in front of Manila City Hall for the next six weeks. What the fuck? So the mayor has totally leaned into this and was like, uh, all right. I, I wonder if it's because he was so stressed out about it. He was like, you know what? Get whatever you want if you can put the story to rest. Right, right, right. He probably could have asked for more. He probably could have asked to be mayor. <laughs> i'll take my job yeah honestly yeah he's probably like you know what i'm over it you can have it you know as mayor by the way just to like give you a little snippet into what i could do for the community what, what it's like for you to be mayor right sure i just want everybody to know that if you vote for me in the next mayoral election just know <laughs> that i would never give up my job for an evangelist let's just be clear okay like, hey, i do honestly uh, this is the first thing you've said that makes me want to vote for you so thank you you're welcome so just know that i stand firm 
Okay. Okay. Lester also says, I'll do you even one better, and I'm going to get myself a permit free of all legal and administrative fees to build an enormous church in your city. Oh, boy. Okay. That church still exists today. No way. Which, by the way, like, what are the, like, if I were going to go to a church, I'd kind of want to go to the one that was built, like, and there's somehow a story of an exorcism attached yeah, to it. Yeah, it feels like it has quite the lore behind it. Like, they could do tours of it, you know? Yeah, totally, totally. But at the mm. same time that I'm like, ooh, but I'd be going to a church that was built on the back of one woman who had a and horrible life. And I'd be like, life. ooh, I'd be going to church. <laughs> oh, right. Yes, of course. Yes, that <laughs> um, So when Clarita met Lester, she reportedly said, I hate you. Oh! a girl. And she said it in English, even though she didn't speak English. <laughs> okay, so this demon is multilingual. Okay. Exactly. So people saw it as her speaking in tongues. Oh, well, okay. Because now she's speaking in languages she couldn't before. Oh my. Okay. I love that even the demon was like, English is the way I'm going to go with this. But Yeah, uh, I know I this one. You, yeah. While most witnesses say she only said I hate you, the story was later embellished that she ended up saying many insults to Lester in English. <laughs> but even if she had, Clarita would not be unfamiliar with English because she was born into and raised under U.S. occupation. So mm. there's a chance she knew the words I hate you. Um, or at least the insults. I mean, if you ask me to say anything in a language, chances exactly. are it's a swear We word. only know the bad ones, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, because of this, Lester is like, girl, you need an exorcism because you're speaking in tongues. And okay. probably because you're challenging me or humbling and me. And you hate people. me, so, like, that can't be right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You clearly don't have enough Jesus, so we're going to yeah, get an exorcism. let's fix that. He worked with two other ministers during the ceremony. He took Clarita's rosary that she loved and said it was idolatrous because he was a Protestant. <sighs> what? Okay, calm down. The exorcism took over three days of prayer and singing as Clarita suffered more assaults. This is a reminder to everybody that she's having like convulsive episodes and nobody's helping her. They're just right. chanting over They're her. They're just singing. Yeah. And at one point she said the demons left out of the window and maybe she was just like desperate for them to stop. And she was like, nope, they're gone. You win. They're right. But oh, then she geez. had another attack in front of them. So they knew that they saw it as she was lying. She just Oh, she probably just wanted it to stop. That's what I'm saying. She was probably yeah, like, you win. terrible. After the three days, Lester considered her saved, which what did she have sure. to do to prove that? Um, and he told her that it was up to her in the future to keep the demons out if they ever came back, which is such a gross, gaslighty, victim-blaming situation. Yeah, like, take all... I mean, he's a good businessman. He's like, if anything ever happens, I'm not liable. Right, right. But he's also like, by the way, if they come back, just know that that, that was on you. Like, yeah, what the fuck? It said that a while later, Clarita began to scream and told a prison guard. So I guess she went straight back to jail after all this. Jesus Christ. Um, she told a prison guard that the thing was back and standing behind the guard. Oh, no. She started swinging on these, like, beings behind him. But then the guard told Clarita to remember Lester's instructions to just ignore it. Which, like, is that not the most, like, your dad saying to get over depression thing? For God's sake. Yeah, just ignore it. Pretend it's not there. Uh, so she tried to push Pray away the, the demons. Pray the gay away. Exactly. She tried to push away the demons, uh, and Clarita eventually passed out. When she fainted, a medical exam allegedly found a two-inch-long black hair under her fingernails. Ew. And the doctors tested the hair and proved that it was not Clarita's and not even human. And <gasps> there was no DNA evidence, by the way, to confirm or deny this. They just decided that this must be a non-human hair. 
Mm. Um, and I guess removing that one hair was all it took because once they removed that hair from her fingernails, the demons never came back. Wow, that's convenient. So uh, if you apparently are either possessed or have epilepsy, just check your fingernails for one hair, decide mm. it's not human, and then remove it. And I mean, obviously it, it'll be done. It probably is not human, at least if you have a cat or a dog or... Right. I was yeah. like, especially like uh, not too long ago, a lot of prisons had like cats to like get rid of the mice and stuff. So yeah. Oh, by the way, speaking of, we got, I don't know if you've opened your mail, but I got a... um. Oh shoot! I have to go check who. I'll check later who uh, sent it. But a um, what's his name? Is it his name Dennis the cat? Oh, Dennis the cat. Yeah, like a like um, I think it was a sticker or something Aww. or a patch. It was a patch, and it <gasps> yeah, it was really cute. Oh, so you should check your yeah. ma- you should check your mail because I'm sure you got one too. Okay, Eva, you're still in LA. Go check my mail. Um... Oh yeah, you're not even there. Okay. <laughs> um, a judge sent Clarita to live essentially in an orphanage for a formal education because remember all this happened before she was 18. Right. Yeah. Well, okay. That's mine. So I don't even know the storyline as to how she got out of jail because she went to jail for really no reason. Then she was possessed and had to go back to jail after staying at the morgue with this fucking Lester guy. Jeez. All after her apparently like selling herself for sex, which what does that even mean? Yeah. And now at some point she was relieved from jail and now she's going to an orphanage. Like life just couldn't get worse for this poor girl. I mean, for real. Um, meanwhile, Lester used Clarita's story to push his evangelism, and he called Clarita, in his own testimony, a harlot, a demonized little country girl. Ew! Mm-hmm. And he used that- f- Grow up. He used that story to push his own agenda, and he accused Clarita's mother um, as not being a real fortune teller and ripping people off. Um, just to like salt the wound, I guess. So like, okay. oh, and her mom was playing with, was not only robbing people, but playing with spirits. And that's what caused this what harlot demonized asshole. girl in, to have all these problems. His testimony pretty much suggested that Clarita was attacked by demons because her mom worked in the spiritual world. And it's why she sold her body. Okay, sure. Um, <laughs> apparently, he also claimed that when Clarita fainted in front of him, he would wake her up by slapping her upside the head. So now he's also admitting to hitting children. Oh my god! He uh, keep in mind, like you're a child, your mom is gone, your brothers are gone, you've had to experience sex with adults, and I, by that I mean fucking rape. Let's be yeah, clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you go to prison with adults for being on the street. Then you are having convulsive episodes no one's taking care of, except they're telling you a child that they're demons. And they're then bringing you to the fucking morgue Then they take you to, to the morgue. Then this guy's showing up, and while you're having convulsive episodes and you're scared because you're a kid, he's also hitting you and saying this is all your fault. And then you go back to jail, and then you go to an orphanage, and then you hear across the, the country that this man is using your story and calling you a harlot, and you are asking for it because your mom was a thief and... Uh, fake and also was playing with ghosts this is disturbing and then you turn 18 um, happy birthday yeah so he also said that he was the savior and he helped clarita get out of prison he helped right. her find medical care and now because of everything he did the savior she yep. is now a happily married woman and wouldn't you know it that's amazing wouldn't I'm you so know impr- it i'm so impressed it's all because of him so yep. in 1967 she's 32 years old she's our age and she said that she was seeking help pursuing royalties from media outlets who financially profited from her story. Yes. And, and other than Lester's story on what happened to Clarita after her exorcism, there's pretty much no information and 
that includes if she ever got compensation. Um, wow. To this day, though, Lester Sermall continues to use Clarita's story to bolster his own legacy, of course. Oh, and God. his website, like on the about page, even says the <laughs> in one revival in the Philippines, Dr. Lester Sermall was the catalyst of God to deliver a demon possessed girl that resulted in over 150,000 souls coming to Jesus Christ in just six weeks time. This guy sounds like a fucking idiot. Many believe that Clarita, including us, I assume, is uh, is more of a victim of an American man's yeah. desire for fame and power than an actual victim of demons. And Ugh. wherever she is now, she deserves all the medical care, all the therapy. I, I, it deserves it all. So anyway, that is the, quote, exorcism of Clarita Villanueva. That's a wild tale. Like sometimes your stories really do veer into the true crime, and I would I would argue this is one of them. Yeah, um, definitely. Yikes. Well, you know, I don't know what she was going through, whether it was paranormal or not. But um, yeah, like you said, I hope I hope she's hope she ended up you know with a fulfilling life. Me I do, too. I do. I hope that for her. Um. Wow. Okay. What a story, Em. Uh. Let's switch to my side of things. This is the murder of Brenda Powell. Okay. Now, this is a very recent case, okay? Uh, we're talking 2022. And so, oh. yeah, a lot of it is very, um, what do you say? How do you say it? Uh, very, it's like in, in progress, TBD, TBD. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's, there's some gaps in information and timelines. That's interesting. You usually uh, go for the cases where you have all your information. Yeah, I feel like this one is, you know, I do usually wait. And I think that's oftentimes with like the really big nationwide mm. cases that are getting like a ton of coverage because I'm like, I want to wait to see how everyone else kind of covers this. I want to see like, you know, I don't want to jump on it and just like side with whatever I'm hearing from the sure. news. But in this case, like really barely anyone's ever covered has covered this so far. It's not really gaining like widespread you know, oh, okay. Tra traction or anything. So there's really not that much about it. Um, you can, if you search for it on YouTube, a couple of people have covered it. Um, and then you can also watch the live court testimonies, which I did, which, you know, is where most of this information comes from. And Sersha watched them as well. Uh, so, you know, what? we're doing our best. We're doing as far as we know, as of 12, 22, 23, this is the most accurate information we have. Okay. So, Brenda K. Powell, she was born March 19th, 1969 in Salem, Ohio. Whoop, oh, there's so <laughs> many damn Salems in this country. I know. I just think there's so many repeat names because nobody can be creative, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, maybe if you can't make it mayor over there, you could be mayor of Salem, Ohio. Then you can Ugh. just say mayor of Salem. Christine? Don't yeah. Even. Don't yeah. even. Testament. yeah let's try it um i can see the t-shirt now i can see the float oh uh, i have so many plans too okay so brenda grew up in salem ohio she grew up as a very compassionate person very well loved by her family and friends she went to university of akron and then began work as a child life specialist mm. so do you know what this job is a child life specialist i uh, uh, some sort of child therapy I don't yeah know. sort yes yeah, sort of so it's it's basically a very unique 
and of course important healthcare role, uh, which focuses on helping families and children cope with serious childhood illnesses or injuries. Oh wow! Okay. So essentially, you know, she would use strategies like therapeutic play to work through fears about children's medical needs and and procedures, and you know, was also there for the parents, uh, mm-hmm. especially if they were going through their own anxieties. And basically her role was to empower the families with knowledge about what's going on, about what's going on with their bodies, um, with the treatment and that kind of thing, which I just think is like such a selfless job. Mm -hmm. So they provide support resources. They work closely with the patient's medical teams and they advocate for the patient's needs and wishes, which I imagine, you know, a child especially would need somebody to, to help with that. Oh yeah. That's lovely. Yeah. It's a, it's a really cool concept. I hadn't heard of the, the, the role before. So Brenda worked at the Center for Childhood Cancer and Blood Disorders at Akron Children's Hospital, and genuinely, people loved her. Like, she was just one of those people that was remembered fondly by everyone. Um, Parents of children undergoing cancer treatment, for example, described her as loving and compassionate, and she really made it her life's work to make her patients and their families comfortable while they stayed in the oncology wing for treatment. So parents who lost children uh, in Brenda's care also had only good things to say about her. Um, They described her as a huge source of comfort as they were going through, like, not only their child's sickness, but if the child passed, just the, like, bottomless well of grief that Mm -hmm. came along with that. And so Brenda was a very, very big-hearted person, and she deeply loved her patients and their families. Um, One former patient even said she was like a second mom to me and the mom at the hospital. She treated us just like her own children. Oh, yeah. She was also really involved with her own family's, you know, lives and and what they had going on. So her husband's name was Stephen and her two children were Sydney, the oldest, and Andrew, the youngest. And she would plan family outings. She would show up for all her kids' extracurriculars. So, for example, one childhood friend um, of Sydney, the daughter, said that when she was in Girl Scouts, soccer, and dance classes with Sydney, Brenda was there at every single game, every event, was cheering everybody on. Um, so very active mom in addition to being, you know, very active at work as well. Yeah. So Brenda was extremely proud of her daughter, Sydney. Um, like I said, she was doing a lot of extracurriculars, very active, social, uh, very friendly. She was a really good student. She had entered St. Vincent, which is a Catholic high school, as a freshman in 2014. Doesn't that make you feel old? Mm-hmm. She sure does. Did, she did her work. She got good grades. She was in school groups like ski club. Um, she went on ski trips and attended religious retreats to pray with fellow students, and she was actively working to develop her relationship with God. Um, she was one of those kids that teachers just adored. Like, she just never caused trouble. Um, one teacher described her as respectful, conscientious, and quiet. She had a lot of friends, and her friends all described her as bubbly and well-liked by her peers and her teachers. And even though she was overall a really good student and very involved, uh, she sometimes struggled with the pressure. It's sort of like the the other side of the coin, right? Like she was a really good student, but with that came a lot of pressure, whether it was external pressure or just pressure from her own mind that she had to be the best and perform academically and perform athletically. And it's just that kind of 
you know, classic trope of like the straight A student who's like really struggling, <laughs> you know, mentally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So some friends noticed she dealt with stress and anxiety throughout high school. Um, for example, one story that uh, I heard in the testimony was that she had gone to her English teacher in tears about a chemistry presentation she wasn't prepared for. And, and she was almost having this like this breakdown and she just kept saying, I can't see the numbers. I can't see what's in front of me. Oh. And her teacher was like, what numbers? Like what, you know, what's yeah. going on? And she just kept saying, I can't see the numbers. Like, I mean, she was having full like, breakdown, a full breakdown. And so her, her English teacher was like, here, I'll come with you. Um, went to meet the chemistry teacher and the chemistry teacher agreed to give Sydney an extension and she was able to present on another day. So that's just an example of like how sometimes the stress of school got to her. Mm -hmm. So to them, it seemed like just a moment of stress any high schooler might deal with, but it never struck anybody that Sydney had any other sort of issues, any deeper issues, anything wrong with her, um, mental health it just seemed like an occasional bit of anxiety like any student might have so whether sydney was just dealing with average anxiety or something far more serious um she excelled in school she easily collected recommendations from her teachers and she was awarded a scholarship after high school to attend the university of mount union which is in alliance ohio mm, okay so she moved on campus uh, with her high school best friend lauren and they went to college together very cute precious and although Sydney began struggling more intensely, it was almost like, as I think a lot of us can relate, it, like academically, at least, I feel like when you get to college, it's like it's high school, but amplified, right? Like yeah. the, pre the pressure is just amplified in a lot of ways. So her anxiety was getting worse, um, but her friend Lauren, her best friend, didn't really notice anything that out of the ordinary like anything worth calling her parents about or notifying anybody she just thought okay well she's just having anxiety about college work what did you uh how did you handle getting to college like what was your experience first semester you know I feel like I felt out of place just really out of place were you scared I, w I was I was nervous, but I, I actually remember the first day on campus feeling like so much better. Like I would think the leading up to it, I was more petrified. And then when I actually got there, I was like, oh, OK, like I can handle this. Like I feel like the, the entry bump wasn't too bad. Um, but I think that first just adjusting. So like I just felt out of place. But thankfully, Allison was my roommate. So yeah. <laughs> she was friends with me. But yeah, <laughs> I, I just felt out of place. I mean, I, I think I just, you know, picked some weird classes, some weird uh, groups to try and join. I was dating someone at a different school. So I didn't feel like I was spending social time at my school. It just all felt kind of off. But what about you? Um, My first semester was really bumpy. Well, yeah, my first semester was really bumpy. My second semester, I really started to thrive. Mm. I feel like see, by sophomore year, I was a completely different person than the beginning of freshman year. Interesting. But my first year, I think that was the beginning of me realizing I had, like, I didn't know the words for it yet, but it was ADHD. But oh, I had, right. like, really bad motivation issues. And I assumed I was depressed because I didn't know how else to explain, like, not being yeah. able to get out of bed to do things. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think I was just like, 
out of place because I was used to having routine and the same friends and all that. And so socializing was hard. I didn't do really well in my classes. But by the second semester, I'd kind of gotten it together. That's good. Yeah, I feel like that's such a hard transition. And I I mean, I don't know how what I would suggest they change. But I do feel like at least when we went, there really wasn't much guidance as far as because I I mean, I my I was hospital not hospitalized, but I was brought to the emergency room multiple times for what they thought was heart issues. And it ended up being panic attacks. And, you know, junior year, I was so depressed. I was like calling my mom and saying, like, I'm going home. I don't want to be, you know, it was just really bad. And like, everyone was like, oh, just buckle down and, you know, mm-hmm. finish your school schooling, which goes back to what we talked about in the beginning of like the just work hard and it'll all be fine. You know, I, I don't suggest this, but um, what actually worked really well for me <laughs> was that I um, sophomore year moved in like, you know, you get to pick your own roommates. Of course, I picked the girl I was dating. <laughs> oh, Christ. Well, there you go. So stupid. It's probably some like canon queer event in college now. But, yeah, I imagine. Um, but So when we broke up, I like had to go still sleep in a room with her for the rest for of the year. For God's sake. That isn't. And nightmare. so uh, it was for me, it was the best thing that could have happened because it forced me out of my room. So I had to like go find things to do oh, it's like a like a, a, t- a rough a rude awakening a rude awakening so i ended up that's what i got a shitload of jobs i ended up joining all my clubs i joined greek life I, just to you avoid know, your roommate <laughs> i literally your would ex. i intentionally would try to be not in the room ever until she was sleeping so um, vote m 2023 <laughs> i will problem solve it won't be pretty but it will get done <laughs> it won't be pretty and it'll have lasting psychological effects but <laughs> you might join the quidditch team who knows hey you know what i was on the quidditch team and it was one of the best things i could have done for myself so well i got rejected from the quidditch team so you know what not all of us can be so lucky <laughs> So anyway, she goes to University of Mount Union. The anxiety is getting worse. I think um, any of us who who did a secondary education understand that feeling. Um, but, you know, to to her other friends, she just seemed pretty much the same. Um, over summer break after their freshman year, uh, she and her best friend Lauren hung out as usual throughout the summer back home in their hometown. And they were really excited to start their sophomore year together. And to Lauren, Sydney seemed like her normal self. She didn't drink or party. She was pretty focused on classwork. Um, She worked hard just like she had in high school. And she was still really, really close with her mom. So they texted constantly. Like, she updated her all the time about what was going on. They would tell jokes. They had inside jokes. They sent photos and memes back and forth. Like, they kept pretty constant communication. And... In addition to Lauren, uh, Sydney's mom was her best friend, pretty much. Mm -hmm. So Brenda's mother, this is Sydney's grandmother, Mm -hmm. said it was just always Sydney and Brenda. They were just two peas in a pod, very close. And they used an app called the Life 360 app. Have you heard of this? How do I know that? I, I mean, I, this is took place in 2022, so I'm assuming it's a, a current. It's basically how uh, people like it, it's like a find my friends app. Sort oh, of. okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's like a family locator app, GPS location sharing, um, and so they would use that. All the, the whole family was on it just to keep track of each other and stay up to date on each other's lives. But in secret. Nobody knew it. Sydney was hiding major, major issues from <sighs> Lauren and everyone else that she knew. Oh, shit. Okay. Including her own mother, especially her own mother. Turns out Sydney was actually failing almost all her classes. Hmm. 
And no matter what she did, she couldn't keep up. The school put her on academic probation. They warned her she needed to improve her grades to keep her scholarship. But she just didn't. She couldn't. And so that first semester of her sophomore year, when it ended, Sydney failed three of her four courses. And the university basically had no choice but to suspend her. Sydney told no one. She went home for winter break and acted as though everything was totally fine. Um, You know, her parents just assumed everything was fine because she'd always been such a good student and they trusted her and they didn't pry. Um, They weren't the kind to keep track of her grades in college. So they just assumed like if she had a problem, she would come to them, especially because she had a good relationship with her parents. But for some reason, Sydney just did not see that as an option. She was desperate for her parents to not find out about her suspension. Hmm. So desperate that when winter break ended, she packed up. She said, okay, heading back to my dorm and went back to school, even though she (laughs) was no longer enrolled. Uh Like she is committed to the bit. That's that's like what she going to do is go sleep in the parking lot. I mean, basically, Em. So at first, she stayed in her dorm with Lauren and even attended their sorority meetings as usual. And when the school found out that Sydney was still on campus and participating in student activities and going to classes, faculty met with her in person thinking like, well, maybe she just never got word. Oh, shit. Like, maybe we have to break it to her now. Awkward, right? Like, maybe it got lost in the mail. Um, But no, she knew. Uh, I mean, she had to know she wasn't enrolled in classes. Yeah, exactly. Like, there was no way to not know. Like, she definitely knew. Like, she didn't Um, get a schedule. But, like, how did they find out, though? Like, what? Well, I I know you wouldn't know this, but, like, if I were to guess. My guess is just it's a small campus. Like, it's a pretty small campus. Um, And I imagine, like, if you're going to sorority meetings and you're going to clubs and you're living in the dorm and people are seeing you around, it'll get back to the faculty or somebody you know at some point that that Mm -hmm. you're not supposed to be there um you know i I think at one point her key card wasn't working and i mean i might mention this later i forget if it's in these notes but and and she just like told her friend lauren like oh yeah there's just like a glitch you know i mean Mm. there were a lot of things that she was just kind of brushing aside but definitely i imagine somebody probably just took notice that like huh that's weird Right. She's still going to, and it's 2022, if you think about it also, like social media, you know, if she's post, if anyone, right. if she's in photos and things on social media, they can definitely say like, hmm, that's weird. She's in the dorm room. She's not supposed to be. Right. So they meet with her in person and they're like, hey, listen, you know, I know this is tough, but you need to vacate your dorm because you're no longer enrolled here. They offered to help her discuss her situation with her parents, but she lied and told them her parents already knew. So, like I said, they terminated access to her key card. It stopped working, um, but she just pretended like, oh, my card is just broken. And Lauren let her in to the dorm thinking like, oh, she just needs it to get a new ID card. How would she get into her room? Isn't the room also key activated? I don't know. I'm trying to remember how ours was. Mine, you had to have your, you had to, like, use your ID. I had to use my ID. I think we just had, like, a key. Like an actual physical key? Am I wrong? I don't what know. Was it Maybe the I'm... fucking eighteen hundreds. I know. Was it I'm a like skeleton key. Well, no. I mean, because when you carry your um, candle stick back from the bathroom, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm what kidding. Back from the M space really was like Christine. <laughs> I you was were... like, 
Bitch, there's no way you had Bitch, to use a candle you stick. And Allison, imagine if Allison and I just never mentioned that our school was also like off the grid, <laughs> electrically speaking. Um, I don't know. I feel like we had a key. Maybe not. But like, wouldn't they always break then? Like, I feel like they, that would just be a recipe for disaster. I don't. I mean, because I know that the doors were unlocked unless you locked them physically. Oh, that was not our. I'm case. pretty sure we had keys. I know also at Georgetown, they definitely had keys, like physical keys. That's wild. Ours was yeah. like a hotel. Like you had to have your ID. Your ID would Weird. Yeah, no. Ours was just a fucking free for all. If you left your door open, people just wander on in. Wild. Um, yeah. So anyway, they tell her you need to leave your dorm. You can't be here anymore. But she says, sure, got it, and continues to do so. So finally, school officials meet with her for a third time. And they're like, you're get out you're out of here like we will remove you with security i'm sorry like you can't stay any longer and so she finally moved out she she told lauren she had decided to take a break from school because her parents thought it was a good idea she'd take some time off um she just could not admit the truth even to her best best friend well at that point there's like so much embarrassment it's almost like you've built right like you've built it up and like oh i've been expelled three times (laughs) like that's a hard thing to say right if you've been hiding it this whole time um so she you know she felt like she really could not go home and she was so desperate to hide her reality from her parents that she started sleeping in hotels sometimes her car Mm. just just to keep this kind of ruse alive and when she was at home like if she stopped by at home she would basically tell her parents that uh, she was visiting between classes that's all you know hmm So Brenda began to suspect something was off. Like, remember, they're really close. And she's like, this something is not right here. Also, they have Life 360. Can it say, like, she's not on campus all the time? Ding, ding, ding. One afternoon, Brenda checked Life 360, saw Sydney was at home when she knew she had an afternoon class. So she texted Sydney asking why she was home. And Sydney came up with an elaborate lie. It's like a pretty long text about her professor being on vacation. And so they were excused from class for the week. And she had a meeting to go to later, but she decided to stop at home for a while first. And Brenda was like, I smell something fishy here. Mm. And she texts Sydney several times about other missed classes and some strange behavior she had noticed. But Sydney did not fess up and continued making excuses. So on February 25th, Brenda even texted her, why do I always feel like you're scamming me? Oh, shit. She just could not trust her on this she felt like something was really wrong she said why do i always feel like you're scamming me just remember you need the grades to keep your scholarship and sydney responded yes i know my grades are good thank you very much again she's sleeping in hotels she's not in school she's been suspended for bad grades and she's you know really committing to this lie well is she is she suspended or expelled at this point so she's suspended and is not supposed to be on campus but i mean because i could see like if you're only suspended that i I don't i don't know if i could do this but i could see my brain at least jumping really quick to like could we fake it for a semester and then come back and no one would ever know and that could very well be and i'm pretty sure she was suspended it wasn't really a full expulsion i feel like that word got i know i said it earlier and it's it got thrown around a little bit like interchangeably Mm -hmm. um but you know it was a an academic suspension and later on i know that because later on the the school faculty or the staff even talk about 
you know, how they had offered like to talk it through and figure out how she could start next semester, you know, like they, they, they were willing to work with her, right? Mm-hmm. Like she wasn't expelled forever and she couldn't get back on campus. It was just like, you're not, you need it. You need to go home for a bit. Like your grades mm-hmm. are not able to keep you here. So meanwhile, Sydney's father, Stephen also started to notice some things were up. Um, she had a tuition to school, but uh, there was a, you know, a, a chunk left that her parents were paying for. And so Stephen noticed that the school hadn't charged his account for her spring 2020 tuition yet. And he tried to log into the payment portal, but for some reason he couldn't get access. So he called Sydney and she says, oh, the school just, it's an error. Like I've already notified them. They'll fix it. And, you know, just everything was like a glitch or something was just broken. Yeah. On March 2nd, Sydney went to a bachelor viewing party with her former sorority because that was their weekly tradition. And mm-hmm. they were all happy to see her and have a, you know, I assume like a wine night to watch Bachelor. And again, Lauren did not notice anything off about Sydney. She seemed social, upbeat, like she just really seemed like herself, which I think is kind of maybe the most startling part about all this. But unfortunately, in Sydney's life, things were fully unraveling so on march 3rd school officials called sydney's dad Mm -hmm. to discuss the suspension and he was blindsided i mean he was shocked as he's receiving this information or at least directly afterward he opens the life 360 app and he sees that sydney is at home And he drives home to confront her. He's like, I need to get to the bottom of this. You know she fully panicked when she heard a car coming into the driveway. Oh, my God. Imagine she opens a 360 app and sees his car, like, (laughs) coming toward the house. So he drove home to confront her. And she continued to try to cover up the extent of the situation. Right? So like, give it up. I know. It's like like she just can't let it go. And it's almost. She's like quadrupled down at this point. Like, yeah, it's she's really, really committed. Um, she tries to kind of spin it now because obviously, like, he knows it's Mm -hmm. it's too late. You can't lie about that anymore. So she kind of tries to spin it, right? Because like, what else is she gonna do? So she tells him, you know, I'm not so sure school is right for me. Like, it hasn't been going well. And he tries to comfort her. He encourages her, and he told her, you know what? Why don't we get through this semester? Take the summer off. Relax. And then, like, you know. Of all the ways a parent could handle that, he really nailed it. I think that's the best the best approach, right? Wow. Like, don't pressure, you know, just, like, let's, let's take a breather. Breathe. Let's take a breather. Literally, breathe. we yeah. said at the same time. I'm like, man. We would people... be so good parenting together. We would be such good parents, huh? Let's have a baby. Just oh, kidding. okay. I have just one. Kidding. You want to sh- share it? I'll, sh- I'll share her. I'll show up once a year and, and then be tired. And yeah. tell her to breathe and then move on. And then yeah. she breathes on me and then I get sick. Yeah. <laughs> you get hand, foot, mouth. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> I love this arrangement. Um. So anyway, she's saying like, I don't know about school. And he says, you know what? Don't stress. Take the summer off to relax. And he said, I know everything's going to work out, even though things seem really bad in the moment. Just like very comforting, very calming. Because Sydney and Brenda were so close, he was like, you know what? I'm going to call your mom. She, You should talk to her about this. Like, she's be- better at handling this kind of thing than I am. So he calls Brenda, asks her to come home to discuss school with Sydney and help her figure out what to do next. Then he went back to work um, thinking, okay, good. So those two are together. They'll they'll figure it out. Um, they've, we've always been able to problem solve. And Brenda knows Sydney better than anyone. So this will be great. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't much later, I would say like less than an hour. I don't remember the exact timing, but less than an hour. Um, a faculty member at University of Mount Union received a message from Brenda asking about Sydney's enrollment because essentially Brenda had come home to talk to Sydney and was like, I need to get a hold of the school because I need like the real answers. Right. You know, if you're being evasive and you're lying, I'm going to go straight to the source. So two school officials return her call to discuss um, the situation about Sydney. But before they could get into the conversation, they heard several loud thuds. Oh, shit. And then screaming. (gasps) The screaming went on and on. And then the line just disconnected. (gasps) Okay. So terrified, they called back repeatedly. Until finally someone answered and said, hello, this is Brenda. But they said, I don't believe it. This is not Brenda. We know this is not Brenda. This is a voice we know all too well. It's the voice of Sydney, Brenda's daughter. Mm -hmm. They said, Sydney, we know that's you. We know it's not your mom. Can we talk to your mom? And the line went dead again. Ooh. Oh. Oh, I'm just remembering that this. This topic is called the murder of Brenda. Sure is. (sighs) So they had a terrible feeling, of course, and they called police and said, can you do a wellness check? Something is not right over there. We heard some scary sounds. Thank God they did something. Yes, thankfully, because police responded pretty quickly. Um, And again, like... Probably within the hour, all of this happened so fast that I think they said, you know, Stephen went back to work and like within the hour, he got a call from his friend who was a police detective. Yeah. And the police detective said, hey, I just want to let you know that we just been dispatched to your house. And he's like, what? He's like, I was just there, you know, like. Well, that probably didn't look good as a police officer. Like, right. Also, right. Y- you were you just were? there? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, let me see your life 360. Where are you right now? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So he basically gets a call saying, oh, police are on the way to your house. I just wanted to give you a heads up. And he's like, hello? For what? So he calls Sydney because he's like, well, I just saw her there. He's worried something happened. Sydney doesn't answer. Then Sydney calls back and she says, oh, nothing's wrong. Don't worry. And he says, well, where's your mother? And she says, oh, she's on the phone with Mount Union right now with the university. Which is like, by the way, the worst alibi possible because the college is going to say, we, 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 we're yeah. the ones who heard screaming. What are you talking about? We called about? the police. Like, yeah, exactly. You couldn't have said, oh, she left. She. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Or I, I don't know. Yeah. Anything? Like yeah. she could she for someone who is trying to lie for an entire semester like sh- her lies are unraveling as Yeah, we I speak. feel like the whole plot, like her whole it's ter- it's just so sad. Like this whole thing is just unraveling in an in instant, right? Because she's done something irreversible and now she has to reckon with it. She's floundering. She's floundering. Everything from the past few months is like coming back to kick her ass times a million, you know, mm-hmm. with with this on top of it. So Stephen's like, well, okay, your mom's on the phone with Mount Union. Um, well, I just got word that the police are headed to the house for some reason. Ooh, tipped her off. And Sydney became hysterical. <gasps> and she said, Dad, someone broke into the house. That's why the police are coming. And then she hung up. So mm-hmm. he's totally out of, like, I mean, so confused, probably. Like, 
a minute ago she's like oh everything's fine mom's on the phone and he's like well the police are coming she's like that's because someone broke into the house like it's especially just, when she just went everything's fine everything's great and then 180 right it's I mean, like if everything it's like i mean girl like this is a this is a it's what do a they mess. call it an open an open shut case <laughs> it's pretty open and shut in 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 this way at least in like the logistics of what happened definitely so when police arrived Sydney was inconsolable um and it's ooh, it just giving me a goose cam just thinking about it there's um body cam footage oh. of them arriving and she kind of runs out of the house she has blood all over her she's in hysterics uh and she she she's inconsolable she's trying to almost stop the police from coming in mm. which i imagine is you know probably a red flag and she tells police there was a break-in she said all she heard was glass breaking and then her mom told her to run so she doesn't know what happened but then and again she came back? she's covered in blood right and she was in the house yeah so she didn't run very far um yeah, she didn't run but then she came right back but now she's and, covered in blood and she's what, also there, covered in blood is there even glass that broke so interestingly uh there is glass that broke oh. and there was blood on the outside of the window oh okay. meaning the window she, had been broken after, after the, blood. the blood had spilled yes so the police escort her outside. She, you can watch this on the body cam footage. She collapses in the driveway and just becomes like catatonic. And she begins clawing the asphalt with her fingers. She's hyperventilating and she's mumbling to herself, get out, get out, get out. Oh, shit. So they put a blanket over her and transport her to the hospital. And when they get inside, they see Brenda. She is very badly injured and officers know pretty quickly that she is not going to survive this attack oh my god they can definitely tell like you said pretty open and shut that sydney had attacked her mother she had first hit her over the head with an iron skillet <gasps> oh my god then she had dropped the skillet retrieved a knife and stabbed brenda at least 23 times in the neck Whoa yeah it's like this story just hit me so hard watching the test watch it, it somehow it's just i don't maybe it's because we can all or not all of us i guess but many of us can relate to having like tension with our mom you know or like having that kind of like closeness but also that tension and the fighting i don't know maybe that's why but something about this just really like struck a nerve with me it's also um, i mean if if it Time-wise, it feels so close. It just happened. So, That's like, it's, true. It's not That's like, a, you know, we've talked like about unfolding. this before. Yeah, exactly. But it feels it's like it could have been any of our friends' moms or anyone we knew. And yeah. Also, yeah. I mean, to know that she was screaming for so long and it's... So she was screaming as she was getting stabbed oh. in the neck. It's like she knew what was happening. Like, that oh. That makes it worse because you, you hope that getting hit in the head would have knocked around. She wouldn't know, but she... But she knew. <sighs> And it's so hard because, <sighs> like, of course, I understand the, like, the mental illness aspect of all this. But also, to go get a second weapon, mm. you know, it's like, whoa. And then to, well, okay, we'll get into all that. But essentially, uh, they knew that this is what Sydney had done. Um, and the scene was shocking. Uh, Sydney had absolutely no history of violence whatsoever her family 
genuinely M couldn't even remember Brenda and Sydney arguing. Like they didn't even fight. Like they didn't even have a contentious which, which relationship. Makes it, which makes it worse because not only was she screaming in like physical pain, but like she had to be so emotionally confused. Yeah. Well, and also I will point out, we don't know who was screaming. Like maybe it was Sydney screaming. You know, I mean, they just heard screaming. I don't know. That's true. I just want, I just want to say in case the call comes out or something, I, don't, I have no idea. I don't know who was screaming. Yeah, but let's there hope was, it, was not, it was not Brenda. That would be probably better question but still mark to like see to to all of a sudden have the person you trust the most just snap like that yeah and Ooh. to be hit on the head like that while on the phone it almost feels like a desperate yeah. like surprise attack basically so this attack was something that her family genuinely could not comprehend i mean again she never even argued with her mother let alone like had full-out brawls Mm -hmm. and it was so brutal even school officials later said that when brenda picked up the phone the first time around like when they first started chatting she seemed really calm like it didn't they didn't get the vibe that like things were tense in the household they didn't get the vibe that brenda and sydney were arguing brenda was like perfectly calm and friendly so it didn't even seem like there was like they called in the midst of a heated discussion or anything like that Brenda was transported to a hospital and unfortunately she succumbed to her wounds. When Sydney finally spoke, she repeated the story that there had been a break in um, at the house. Like I said, uh, she had broken that window outside, but then there was blood on the outside of the window, meaning somebody had done it after the attack. So this was obviously like a feeble cover up attempt. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, the evidence was just overwhelming. So it was not difficult to prove Sydney had been the assailant. She pretty quickly dropped the lie. Um, And although it was cut and dry, like you said, in that we know who did it to whom and with what, uh, they could not understand the motive. Like, it was just Mm -hmm. so difficult to believe Sydney would kill her mother to cover up being suspended or expelled, Um, especially now that her parents knew like she had just talked to Stephen about it like he knew about it right so it just was a little bit it just seemed over the top like it just didn't seem to match anything didn't match the motive didn't match her could it have been like she thought maybe she could trick her dad into believing a story but when she knew like her mom would find out like she just panic that she her cover was blown or yeah i mean it must be like that's really the only thing that makes sense um at this point a psychologist evaluated her and actually believed she had suffered what he called a psychotic break yeah Uh, i mean hello she's like scratching asphalt and saying get out get out yeah well and then the other argument to that is that she which was faking it no not even but that she's traumatized from what just happened oh yeah as anyone would be right like even if you weren't having a psychotic episode and you stabbed someone to death in the fit of a heated argument or what have you or you'd probably be deeply traumatized by that as well you know so yeah and also if you had a psychotic break and now you're coming down from that break and you realize you just killed the person you love the most right exactly so it's either some people say she's faking it. Some people say, no, she was just having a reaction to something really traumatic, um, but she had done it in her right mind, so to speak. And some people say, you know, it was a full-on psychotic break. So it's 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 definitely hotly contested. Um, mm-hmm. People are pretty split over this. 
Sydney claimed to remember nothing about the attack. Um, she said she remembered sitting on the couch with her mom and crying. And then she suddenly remembered feeling a need to escape, walking down to the basement and coming back up. But that's all she said she remembered. She said she'd been hearing voices that told her she was worthless and that she should kill herself. Oh, shit. And she couldn't remember anything else until she was in the hospital after the attack. And it felt like she was suddenly waking up. This is what she describes to police. Now, the horror of the attack was so far out of the scope of Sydney's personality and behavior that her family firmly believed this must have been some sort of extreme break from reality that she suffered. Right. Otherwise, they could not understand how she could have behaved this way. Her father and her uh, maternal grandmother, Brenda's mom, who, whose name was Betsy, even though her granddaughter murdered her daughter, she did not want Sydney to be charged with murder. She just fully believed that she needed psychiatric care. Wow. So the family really, really advocated for her to be released on bond to receive psychiatric care while she awaited the hearing. And she was granted the bond and was released under psychiatric supervision. She was involuntarily committed to an inpatient psychiatric hospital for nine days. And while there, she was evaluated and officially diagnosed with schizophrenia. So while she was there, she was prescribed a medication for the schizophrenia. And she seemed to respond pretty well to the medication and was ultimately released to the care of her grandmother and she lived there with her grandma betsy on their family farm and from what they could tell you know she was going to treatment with a psychiatrist a counselor she helped with the chores at the farm like stacking hay and she seemed to be like engaged in family life um and so her family was like well this is the sydney we've always known we just can't reconcile this with what they're saying happened to right. brenda so despite her family's wishes, prosecutors believed they had a duty to the community to move forward with the murder charges against Sydney. And her own dad at a pretrial hearing said, I don't know why we're doing this. This isn't what anyone wants here. I don't know how she can handle it. I don't know how I can handle it. Mm. I'm trying to keep my family together. Yeah. But they went forward with it. And at the trial, Sydney's friends and teachers were called as witnesses. Um, they told stories about just great times they had with her, how much they laughed with her, all their happy memories, just the lack of any memories of her doing anything violent or against the rules. And two more medical experts also evaluated Sydney, confirming her diagnosis and testifying that she was indeed experiencing psychosis when she murdered Brenda. They said at the moment of the attack, she did not know like right from wrong. She didn't know reality from fantasy however the prosecution brought their own clinical psychologist and this clinical psychologist denied the diagnosis and said sydney instead had borderline traits and unspecified anxiety but she did not believe that sydney exhibited any symptoms of schizophrenia interesting okay yes so definitely like getting two sides two opposite testimonies here sure two opposite diagnoses really it was her opinion that sydney's condition in the driveway like i was saying was brought on by shock after murdering her mom not by psychosis okay which i could i could believe either one right like i, yeah. I could believe somebody in shock could be reacting that way i could believe someone in psychosis could be acting that way who knows sydney also apparently claimed to have experienced symptoms of psychosis as young as 11 years old but the prosecution psychologist testified that women rarely exhibit symptoms of psychosis at such a young age. And if she had, people would have noticed. Mm -hmm. 
so that sort of mm, muddied the waters as far as Sydney's claim that she was suffering from psychosis. Okay. This started to lean the jury in the other way because the prosecution started to argue that Sydney was lying to seek an insanity plea. And they also argued, which this one is a fair point, Sydney staging a break-in right. demonstrated that she knew what she was what, doing. What she was doing. What she had done was wrong. She knew she was going to get in trouble for it. She knew she knew she had done something terrible. And I could also I could see I I could see her having a break though, and then coming to and realizing like, oh shit! Now that this has happened, I need to cover my tracks and like yeah. you know like. I just don't know. Like I mean, I don't know. I'm not. We're clearly not medical mental health professionals but i just wonder like do you just snap i don't know if you snap in and out i don't know so quickly, i have no idea know? i, I, I just i wonder if like the and and the it fact could that be she, anything but remember she was saying like like her claim was that she didn't remember anything until the hospital so it's oh, sort of like it's okay, sort of like right. well then so you you, know, you did come to in some way to make right that... you were cognizant enough to realize you had to try and cover your tracks you know right 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 um and she you know remember when her dad called and she was like oh yeah mom's just on the phone like oh, she had already yeah. she right. had already killed her at that point you're totally right yeah so okay. it, it's definitely very hotly debated i guess i'll say they also said that her use of multiple weapons which you know it wasn't just like a she swung and then dropped and realized what she did like she swung oh, like, and, and then, then decided got she wanted she needed something more intense yeah. and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so Oof. they said the use of multiple this is a prosecution saying the use of multiple weapons and the brutality proved murderous intent um however her lawyer actually argued the exact opposite he said the brutality speaks to the insanity of this incident and i'm like i can really understand both i like i can understand both arguments i guess yeah Sydney's family, uh, who never saw Sydney fight or be violent, agreed that the mental illness was the reason for this attack. Mm -hmm. And the defense's experts said Sydney was simply displaying atypical symptoms of psychosis, but really had actually experienced psychosis. And they believe that she had begun experiencing symptoms as a child that maybe were easily missed, and that as she got older and moved into her own place, the dorm, that she these symptoms like worsened and she didn't know how to handle them and that's what triggered this bout of psychosis mm -hmm. in the following days they believed she lapsed in and out of reality sometimes she was lucid enough to carry on conversations sometimes she was just confused and totally disconnected the defense said she had no true motive to kill her mother but the prosecution said that she did and that her motive was that she would have done anything anything at all no matter how terrible to avoid disappointing her mother mm -hmm. they believed sydney would rather have killed her mom than have her find out the truth many who followed the trial agreed that sydney murdered her mother in a fit of rage like sort of a crime of passion and that her true motive was just to avoid the reality of her situation like That's she what just I would have thought yeah. yeah and it's sort of what you said like she just couldn't handle her mom finding out the truth you know even though she like on some level her dad already knew you know so it's like i mean i could i could see like if your mom is your best friend and the last thing you want to do is disappoint her or like just if you're backed into a corner and you're having that type of break from reality just mm -hmm. thinking how do i make sure she doesn't find out and like 
get rid of her i don't know mm-hmm. like i mean i i obviously don't get it because i i haven't been there but i could see being so scared of disappointing her that there's no other way out anymore yeah and i think the keyword is like backed into a corner because mm-hmm. or the key phrase i guess because it it her lies were just becoming so piled up that what you said earlier too of not telling her friend her best friend because at that point the school has suspended you or expelled you three times like that's not something now you want to admit like the first time you cover it up and then the more lies get added the harder it is to come clean probably the more embarrassing Mm -hmm. probably the more shameful um and then to have to explain like i was living in my car i was sleep i was lying i was sleeping in hotels i yeah you know like all of that comes tumbling down even she had to know that that was like beyond an, a common reaction. And so like maybe to even admit that it's not just admitting anymore that you were suspended. It's admitting like my, I let myself get this far it and went, then there's a real worry. So, exactly. Like it went so far that, she, you know, that's exactly, I think what happened. It just built up and built up and built up. And then it became like this monster of its own mm-hmm. that she was just so afraid would get out. I mean, it was bound to happen eventually one way or another but unfortunately the worst way um so that's what most people believe they believe you know she murdered her mother in a fit of rage um and she just could not she just could not handle her mother finding out about the reality of of what was going on and she couldn't handle facing the reality of what she had done um and that side believes she knew the reality full well like she was in full control of her mind she was quote-unquote in her right mind uh but that she just didn't want to face it right if that makes sense yeah so in the end that is what the jury decided they sided with the prosecution after nine hours of deliberation and they found sydney guilty on all four charges brought against her wow and those charges were purposeful murder felony murder felonious assault and tampering with evidence Guilty of all charges. In September of this year, 2023, Sydney was sentenced to life in prison with eligibility for parole after serving 15 years. The family, of course, now had this to mourn on top of the loss of Brenda. A doctor who had worked with Brenda wrote a letter. This part made me tear up. One of Brenda's colleagues at the hospital wrote a letter to be read in court, which said, quote, I have almost never felt so strongly that I need to offer a voice of advocacy as I have in this tragic situation. If Brenda were still alive, she would without a doubt want the unwavering support of Sydney's continued treatment for her mental condition in the least restrictive environment possible with as much family connection and contact as is possible. Mm. So in the wake of this verdict, which just happened a couple months ago as we record this, Sydney's defense team said the most important thing now will be ensuring Sydney continues to receive the treatment and support she needs to remain healthy, to recover. Brenda, in the meantime, is remembered by the many, many people that she supported in her 28 years at Akron Children's Hospital. Her patients, their families, and her coworkers continue to mourn her and the, you know, just incredible uh, impact she had on their lives a scholarship fund was created in her memory as well and is actually accepting donations currently through akron children's hospital Uh, it provides education funds to students who have been uh 
hematology or oncology patients at mm-hmm. Akron Children's Hospital, which I think is a really cool, cool thing and a cool way to remember her. And this fund is just another way that Brenda and her legacy continue to, you know, help her, help her former patients and, and their families after she has been taken too soon. Wow. But that is the story of, of Brenda Powell. It, this one really uh, made me sad. Yeah. For a lot it, of reasons, but I do also think so that it's because it's, um, I'm close with my mom. So that one, that that's yeah. one drive home. And then also, um, like I said earlier, just because it's so recent, like someone we know could have, could know her, you know, like. Could be involved. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think, I think what gets me. What gets me is I was reading, I was watching one of the test court testimonies and of course I just had to, I scrolled down to the comments and oh, oh my, I mean, oh my God, like just to see the things people are saying about this young woman. And like, I understand, I mean, it's all just, it's all just terribly sad. Right. And yeah. then in the comments, people are saying like, yeah, I bet you that worthless father didn't even know, like what classes she was taking and you know that her mom like there's no way they were close because x y and z and you know her mom like how wants her to like go to the you know get how do you not have empathy what are you talking about so outrageously uh righteous in the scariest ways well like both sides like people saying like you know she's totally innocent and blah, blah blah and then people saying like she deserves to like burn in hell and like just scary shit where I'm like, this is, it's terribly sad. Whether it was a fit of rage or psychosis. Yeah. It's, it's just fucking terribly sad. Like it's think about like the father, think about the best friend, think about the grandma. Like they've just lost so much. And like out out of nowhere, like out Out of of nowhere. Like he, like I'm not, I'm not defending her and saying like, well, you know, she was stressed. Like, okay, of course not, of course not. But like, but that poor man, he like just he got a phone call and then he got another phone call and then every and then his life changed further instantly for the rest of time. I mean, it's just very sad. Whether again, whether it was a psychosis or whether she was just in a fit of rage she killed her mom and that's really fucking sad and horrible. And the fact that they were so close is what really, really gets me. It's like, it's just upsetting to hear, you know, her grandma, for example, talk about like how they were inseparable. They were two peas in a pod. They had so many inside jokes, like they were deeply connected. And it's like, you know how love and hate are so close. Like Mm -hmm. they're not opposites. They're just Mm -hmm. like one degree away. It feels like that, like a, a crime of passion. Like she's just so angry and she hurt the one person she loved most, you know, and she can't take it back. And it's just, it makes me really sad. Yeah. So. Well, once again, Christine, good storytelling. <laughs> I don't know how to end this. <laughs> Thanks. I've had fun. Hope you have too. Um, I feel bad for you. You've, you're the one that has to research all this stuff in depth. No wonder you always have so much anxiety. Um, okay. I No, for real though, the other day I said something. I was like, Mom, I keep having these dreams about 9-11. And she's like, yup. And I was oh. like, "What? why are you saying yup? Like, what are you talking about? And she's like, you know, things like that just, just happen every now and then. And Blaze was like, Christine, you literally just research 
death for your death your whole job day. your whole job and then is i have the audacity to wake up and say oh my god i dreamed i was on a plane and uh, i mean it's really scary i keep having these nightmares um i don't know i don't know i don't know why but yeah this probably doesn't help it can't help it cannot it can't help, help. <laughs> yeah it, well he ha 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 we have fun <laughs> well uh do you feel at least a little less overwhelmed that we have done notes and recorded an episode? I do, actually. I- I'm really proud of us. I'm proud of us, too. This should have yeah. not happened, just knowing who we are. It knowing would... us. Yeah. I wasn't um, convinced, but look at us go. What's the next thing on your list to check off if you can check anything off today? Mentally? Well, I- I'm going to uh, have a drinks with my stepmom, as I use as an example, because it's really what's happening. So I'm, <laughs> I'm off off to do that and then i have to pick up a bunch of shit from different stores and try and get stuff done do you know what you're do you know what you're gonna order with your stepmom um no because we're going to her house and she said she bought champagne oh so you do know what you're gonna drink oh well i know what i'm gonna drink yes (laughs) yes indeedy um because my brother's driving so i get champagne today gotcha uh i'm working on presents um me too that is like a never-ending project the day this one project is over, I can't wait to discuss it. But um, <laughs> but let's just say I've been working on this stupid thing since like uh, July for my mom and really oh, coming down to the boy. wire here. And it's... I'm pretty sure I'll be up until I think I'll be pulling an all nighter on Christmas Eve, <laughs> trying to get it done before she opens it Christmas morning. So, well, considering this comes out next year, this episode. Oh, um, oh, we can say M confidently i know it went great (laughs) oh this is the first episode of 2023 besides the listener episode girl 2024 i mean 2024 (laughs) remember Uh, last year you said or last year last week you said 2025 i i think something's going on in 2024 that we desperately already somehow know we don't want to be attacked i'm actually scared how much we're avoiding saying that year cosmically we know that we don't want to be a part of 2024 i don't like it i don't like it um yeah, well, hopefully 2024 goes well, and hopefully my mom's Christmas present goes well, because I actually am kind of scared that she's going to be mad at me. No, it's going to be great. You did. I know what it is, and I think you nailed it. Seriously. Like, I, seriously. Okay. I hope so. I went against her exact wishes, so... Um, oh, excellent. <laughs> well, well but you're also making it right the way that she wanted at the end. Sure. Right? Okay, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Okay, a side note, last thing I want to say. What? Um, Blaze just texted me, because they're at the aquarium. Precious. Leona just got her first picture with Santa. It, <gasps> it was scuba Santa. <laughs> and you missed it, Christine. And he said, I will buy the photo. Don't worry. Scuba Santa. That's probably the exact Santa that you're going to want to memorialize anyway. So Hilarious. I'm like, that would be the Santa. She just is like, oh, Santa comes. He wears a scuba mask. <laughs> like, well, there are, there are fishes down there that need presents too, you know? That's so. right. Mermaids. Hello. Mermaids. Mermaids need presents. Yeah. Oh, well, go have fun with your little mermaid and um and I guess Thanks. I'll see you. I can't say see you next year cuz we're already in next year, but I'll <laughs> physically see you next I year. I will see you next year. And that's why we drink. The Volvo XC60 recharge plug-in hybrid is about performance. Not just on the road, but in life. With not only trunk space, but room to make memories. It's electric with a backup plan where the only speed that matters is how fast you can slow down. 
The Volvo XC60 Recharge Plug-In Hybrid. Performance where it matters the most. Visit volvocars.com slash US to learn more.